Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Or what? We'll tell you. The Missoula Osprey will be playing baseball, but not in Missoula. We will explain. And Coulter, well, he's on one today. He wants to know about movies that have impacted the world. The only thing that's impacting the world is gravity, but that's a different story. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, on your televisions, on SWX Montana across the state. Outstanding to be with all of you. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy and online at KurtzPolaris.com. Recreate the right way this season with Kurtz Polaris. Online, 1029ESPN.com. That's where you can find our very nice, useful website. There you can click the Listen Live tab, and you know what you can do? Listen Live. It's called a stream, people. I don't know why. I know. I always thought they were just water running downhill, but this is something else. It's the age of electricity, and you can listen live on the stream. Anytime, anywhere you are, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 329-1899-329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Today, we're going to talk a little University of Montana football to get ourselves started. We have, uh, we've we been talking both teams going back and forth a little bit, uh, but uh, we're going to focus in on the Grizzlies here this afternoon. Uh, and uh, on what they need to do, what they have to accomplish, and how they have to accomplish it in a particularly their non-conference schedule, setting themselves up uh, heading into uh, uh, their Big Sky play. We will also talk about the Missoula Osprey and the stadium situation there, which is uh, continuing to grow. The saga continues to grow day by day. Pretty remarkable. They did get two games in last night, and the Osprey won them both. How about that? 
on the road, 4-1-1-0. One one. Listen, if you got to play a doubleheader that wasn't originally a scheduled doubleheader and then the umpires arrive late and you get a late start, it's nice to have two games with a total of six runs. I mean, get them things knocked out in about an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So uh, very well done by the Osprey there, but we'll talk about uh, talk about that a little bit. We will also get into a little bit of prep extra, uh, talk about uh, a couple of things going on, well, really across across the scope of sports. Obviously, school not in session. Uh, football across the high school landscape uh, has gotten their camps going, most of them last Friday and going through this weekend uh, as they get ready for uh, kickoff of week one of high school football, which I can't wait for. We'll, we'll get into some of that, but we'll uh, go through that. And also, Coulter, there was some, there's been a bunch of movie stuff circulating, and then you brought up, independent of this, to me, hey, what movies do you think are the greatest movies? What have impacted the world the most? I am not sure I can answer that question, but we may talk about that a little bit in the next hour. And also, Jimmy Garoppolo, not a great day yesterday. Not a great day. 0.00 QBR. Mm, 0 for 6, 1 pick. Couple of sacks. <laughs> Ugly. I don't know if it matters. Is he overrated? I mean, no. no. I mean, I, how, we don't know. We don't know. We can't know. The uh, th- There's so many guys that... There, there's some guys, th- their reputations in any pro sport reach the level where they sort of get... Like, like Drew Brees, no one's going to th- say anything but Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL until the day Drew Brees retires, unless he plays for a really long time and erodes terribly. But even when Peyton Manning was a complete shell of himself physically, I think he led the league in picks. I, how about bookending your career as Peyton Manning, leading the league in picks your first and your last year, and then every year in between, right. you're throwing like 45 touchdowns and 10 picks. Yeah. But but even with Peyton Manning, you're throwing balls that were spinning sideways. People still had mad respect for him because of how how he operated the game mentally. But then there's the second tier, guys, where you have, you have a flash – and then somehow you disappear from the scene, whether it's just kind of falling back down to earth or you get hurt. Jared Goff is in this situation coming into this year, right? Jared Goff had a uh, very mediocre rookie year, and he had a tremendous year last year. And if he has a, just an average year this year, I think he'll really fall down from, you know, the, just in the, in the court of public opinion. And I think that if he has another good year, now he's taking one more step to being considered one of those elite guys, one of those top 10 franchise-type guys. But I was thinking about this when I was watching Hard Knocks last night. And Derek Carr was a little... Which Hard Knocks were you watching? The the Raiders. Episode 2? Just episode 2, yeah, yeah. I'm a couple days behind. Okay, good. Because episode 3 comes out tonight, Tonight. and I still haven't seen episode 2. Right, 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 right. So, but I was watching the episode 2 last night, and Derek Carr was largely anonymous coming out of Fresno State, and then he was better than people thought he was, and then he blew up, and he had a great year, and they won 12 games, and they gave him that big contract, $125 million, and they got hurt. And he's been hurt. Been very hurt. I mean, he's just been not, he has not been able to perform for two full seasons now, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess my point is it's so easy to forget how good some guys are at their best. And Derek Carr is one of those guys that I think people forgot about. They're, they're sleeping on him. I, and but I go, to, the, to the whole entry point of this is Jimmy Garoppolo. That, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo is so much more of a wild card and an unknown because Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty good for such a small sample size. At least with Derek Carr, you have multiple years of him being good and one year of him being absolutely great, I mean, him being a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas you don't have uh, even a full season of a sample size of Jimmy Garoppolo. So I just feel like there's so much pressure that it's it's such a risky proposition for the Niners because he could live up to what everybody hopes he could be, or he could just be a total bust, and we really just don't know. No, we don't. I mean, they only spend a second-round pick on him. So if he's a franchise guy, it's an absolute steal. And if he's not, your loss is, you know, second-round pick, not nothing. But if you're taking – if the, 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 the risk is absolutely worth it on Jimmy Garoppolo on a second-round pick. And by the way, I put almost no stock in what happened last night, and I did watch the game, and it was uh, it was dominant by the Denver defense getting – by the way, six throws, all right, easy people, okay? We want a small sample size. I mean, everybody's piling on Jimmy G today. And by the way, I don't know. who knows what he's going to be. But anyway, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But Colter, let's talk about the Grizzlies a little bit. Talk about the Grizz. Uh <clears throat> We're in a spot where we got to figure out. I don't want to talk too much about South Dakota. I mean, I do. I guess it doesn't matter uh, because but, but we're going to spend a lot of time. We have more time to talk about Montana's week one opponent, everybody's week one opponent, than we do about any other team because you have a month to get ready for it. But we haven't delved too much into South Dakota as an opponent, and certainly we will do that you know, more as we get into game week next week. Which, by the way, how does that feel to say? Right. Oh, I mean, let's go. So, uh, but but it is worth talking about because I think if you are, if you're Montana, you feel pretty confident that you're 2-1 and one in your last three non-conference football games. Right? Monmouth and North Alabama in Missoula, you just got to win those football games. Yep. Have to. And yep. you should. Yep. You go to Oregon, you have to lose that football game. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it, 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 it wouldn't be unprecedented. I am excited to see this game. I was excited to see Montana play at Washington. And then I was not very excited to watch Montana play at Washington. I thought I thought it would be better than what it was in reflection. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know how this game is going to go. I'll be interested to see a line, if there's a, a line placed on this game, uh, what that's going to be, and, and, and maybe use that as more of a barometer. Uh, but point is, 2-1 and one is, you know, is I think the the very broadly anticipated result of weeks two through four for the University of Montana football team. Week one, then, when you're going into what is unquestionably the most difficult Big Sky Conference schedule of any of the teams playing in the Big Sky Conference outside of, what, Sacramento State, but certainly of the top five, it is the hardest schedule. Uh, The... The magnitude of the week one football game the university has to play, University of Montana is playing at South Dakota, is just, I mean, it's it's as big an, an opening game as you could have to set the tone for your, for your season and to get not just a non-conference win, but a win for the Big Sky against the Missouri Valley in the Big Sky-Missouri Valley uh, challenge, mm-hmm. which is notable both for you as, a, as, as an institution – and for the respect of the Big Sky Conference nationwide. Uh, and also, frankly, a game that, that Montana is, 
going to be and should be favored to win, even though it is on the road. South Dakota was picked sixth out of ten in the Missouri Valley. It's a ten-team league. They picked sixth in it. They went four and seven last season. They came off an eight and five season two years ago, which they went the the Yotes went to uh, the FCS playoffs last season. A down year, four and seven. And they played two games against Big Sky competition, Northern Colorado on the low end, who they beat, Weber State on the high end, who they lost to. So, and by the way, how much out of last year can you take into this year? I'm not entirely sure. Bob Nielsen is the head coach of South Dakota. He's going into his fourth year. He's had two years of four and seven uh, in his first and third year, and then that middle year, uh, a good year at eight and five. We understand how good the Missouri Valley is. Look, North, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, two top five. North NDSU, of course, the undisputed number one team in the nation. South Dakota State, a top five team in the country. Then you got Illinois State, Indiana State, and Northern Iowa, who's a very good team as well, a team that Montana did beat, by the way, week one last year in Missoula, but a very close game. It, it, basically, they got... They rattled a quarterback who had no answer for the team and for the environment that he was in, and he mm-hmm. got benched at halftime. And that thing took a big turn in the favor of the Panthers at ha- in the second half, if you remember. But a, a great win for Montana last year, first week of the season. Now you go on the road to I think you know South Dakota team that is that is okay, but not great, and you just have to get it. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Montana in this this opening week because because of what you expect is, is, is a very high level of likelihood of expectation for the results the next three weeks after that. And then you go, hello, UC Davis on the road week one, which I want to talk about that as well. But give me your initial just sort of gloss on this team and what they need to do going to South Dakota. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well. Fiber, got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Well, Bradley, I completely agree with your point. I think it's a pivotal, I think it's the pivotal game on Montana's non-conference schedule because I do think, like you said, the other three games are, um, we're pretty certain what the results are going to be. And every five years you get a 12-game schedule. Sometimes you get an extra non-conference game, which means you have a chance to get an extra win, but means that also you have a chance to get an extra loss. Most of the time in an 11-game schedule, seven wins is kind of the magic number. Seven and four is what you need to do. And so then if you're playing you know, an FBS game, like an Oregon game where you know it's going to be a loss, that means you're basically going to have to be at a, a five and three or six and two team in conference to overcome that one almost guaranteed non-conference loss. Although, although, 
games played going up, you know, the money games, are in terms of they are thrown out when it comes right. to the assessment at the end of totally, but it's, it's, it just costs you. I mean, but it is it is your record. It is on the, your exactly, record. but it also just it just costs you a chance for that win because right. it, it was it was almost it, you can't say it was a rule, but it was it was a hard and fast stipulation to get seven wins to get in until the last two years. And in the last couple of years, there's been a there's been two different six and five teams that have made the playoffs out of the Missouri Valley. No other league has had a six and five team make the playoffs. Testament to how good the Missouri Valley is uh, and the reputation that they've been able to to form. But you're right. I mean, say you played an 11 game schedule with an Oregon on it. Okay, so now basically it's your record over 10 games. So now basically you got to go seven and three because you, you know it's not it's not that that fourth loss is going to hurt you. It's just one less game that you have to get to that presumed quote unquote magic number. But broadly, I agree with your assessment. It's a huge game. For Montana, as far as the actual matchup goes, um, you know the Missouri Valley is pretty. It, it, it's so interesting to watch the way that trends spread across the league. When Montana was dominating the Big Sky Conference in the mid two thousands, you know Don Reed, Mick Dennehy, and to a certain extent Joe Glenn, Montana threw the ball a lot more than they ran the ball, and then that sort of shifted with Joe Glenn down the stretch of his tenure at Montana and then into full force of putting a high priority on running the ball downhill at people like Bobby Houck did. But to combat that, Montana State and Eastern Washington and to a certain extent Idaho State, a lot of teams in the league decided, hey, we're not going to get the offensive linemen and the running backs that the Grizz are going to get, so let's go the opposite side of the spectrum. Let's start trying to recruit all these athletes for the perimeter and try to throw the ball all over the place. Well, then Eastern has had so much success with that that a lot of teams then believed in that copycat and tried to do it. The, the, the primary example of how it could backfire in your face is Montana State. Montana State was trying, I mean, Montana State had a, a pretty balanced and traditional style on both sides of the ball early on in Rob, Rob Ash's tenure, and then he hires Tim Krams and they start running the spread option. They start running 95 plays per game. They lead the country in scoring, and they go 5-6 and six because, first of all, their defense was completely undermanned, but also when, you, when your defense has an 11-play drive where they actually force a punt, and then your offense scores a 75-yard touchdown on the very next play, now your defense is back out there, and they're completely gassed. It was, it was just such a crazy thing to watch how you could be so good on offense and how it actually had a direct impact on making your defense worse. What I'm getting at, though, is that the, it, North Dakota State has been the, the absolute class of, of college football, honestly, uh, proportionally to their level this decade. I mean, they, they have been unbelievable. They've lost three games in the last eight years. They have been far better than Clemson and Bama. Far better. So just put that in your right in your hat. Definitely. I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's play amazing, play bad. It doesn't matter. They they are in to win every single time they step on the field. It's it's crazy. It's almost unprecedented. But but then you saw the copycat happen across the Missouri Valley. Northern Iowa, who'd always been uh, a balanced team, they decided to try to run a lot of spread option stuff, but really, really prioritize the run game. Illinois State, same thing. Youngstown State went all the way to the national championship game, riding the ground and pound. And we've also seen teams like this, like Youngstown State. I mean, I thought the Youngstown State team in 2016 was not even close to as talented as the Eastern Washington team led by Cooper Cup and Samson Ebucom and guy. I mean, you have multiple NFL draft picks on that team. But because Youngstown State could run the ball in the bad weather, ironically, it made the home field advantage not the advantage for Eastern Washington. Youngstown State beats them. But 
you saw all these teams try to copy North Dakota State and have good success, especially with out of conference against out of conference teams like the Big Sky teams. But everybody has then hit this wall where they realized we can't copycat North Dakota State. We're not going to get Big Ten offensive linemen like NDSU has. I mean, watching NDSU warm up before the national championship game in Frisco last year, I mean, goodness gracious, they, their offensive line is like nothing you will ever see at this level. They have 16 or 17 guys who would be like the dude that you're looking at if you're watching the Cats or the Grizz or Eastern. I mean, they had like 15 J.P. Flynn's just strutting out there. Danny Kistler, he would just be another guy, a former Grizz All-American. I mean, it's impressive. But I guess what I'm getting at is now we've seen the other, the other side of the boomerang come around. And teams in the Missouri Valley aren't trying to copy North Dakota State as much. And now you see Northern Iowa has decided they're going to run the spread. They're going to straight throw the ball all over the place. They have an indoor facility. They play inside, so that caters to being able to recruit speed on the perimeter. But South Dakota is in the same boat. They play indoors, and they are one of the few teams in the Missouri Valley that wants to check it. And the kid who they had playing quarterback Bob Nielsen's first two years, Chris Strebler, was awesome. He was a Minnesota transfer, and he was dynamite. He was in the lights out. Now he's starting up in the CFL, so he's a pro-level quarterback. But the kid they have now, Austin Simmons, he's good too. I thought he was impressive against Weber State. He absolutely lit it up against Northern Colorado. Take that for what it's worth because obviously NDS, or, uh, UNC was not very good defensively last year. But South Dakota State is going to move the ball, and they're going to have speed, and they're going to come at Montana. And I think that the Grizz have broadly – more talent. I think they should be a slight favorite in this game, but Vermilion, South Dakota is a tough place to get to. I, I'm pretty sure that no one in the Montana program has ever been there or played at that facility. And to me, the biggest question mark that Montana has coming into this year, I think the offensive line is not necessarily going to be elite by any means, but I do think that they have shorted up a little bit. I expect Conlon Beaver to be better because Conlon Beaver, I mean, he had he, he he got mono last summer and that wasn't his fault. And then he gutted it out and played, but he just didn't have the mass that you need to play a left tackle. Colton Kynes got thrown to the Wolves, but he actually has some potential. He's tough, so you expect him to be better now. Nine months later, and a little bit more physically mature. He's up over three hundred pounds, and then they add the JC transfer. So I think that even though they might not be elite up front, they have a chance to be a lot better. I still have big time question marks about Montana's corners. I, I just and I really don't. I think they I think they've solidified their safeties, but I don't know about their corners. And just, so, just from a matchup perspective, South Coast is going to throw the ball a lot, and they're going to have some speed on the perimeter. How does Montana react to that specific matchup? I think that will be one of the things to watch going into this game. Well, we will dial into the specifics of the matchups of that. We got we got time to do that, and we'll certainly do that uh, next week for both Montana and Montana State. But here's the thing: to me. I I have I have the South Dakota game for Montana as, as a must win. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, and I agree with that. I think they got to get it. Um, if they didn't get it, however, it's ironic to say that that's a must win when you think that there's a redemption game out there for you, right? And there is for Montana, and it's Week One at UC Davis. If Montana happens to not win, and by the way. When you don't have a preseason, well, I mean, even the yeah, but week one games are good, bad, or ugly. I I just sort of take them with a grain of salt, especially in college football, because so For often sure. you can just ride them. All. I mean, think about the Grizz last year. Honestly, in retrospect, 
the Grizz lost three games that they shouldn't have lost, but they also won one against Northern Iowa that they probably shouldn't have won, but they straight rode the momentum. I mean, that first half was as electric as I ever seen that Washington Grizzly Stadium. I just think, you know, okay, you know, if you got a veteran group of guys, Montana has some really, so, some big-time veteran players, some key spots, and we understand that, who are going to be ready to go. Uh, uh, but there's always going to be, you know, new personnel, there's going to be guys making their first ever collegiate start. There's going to be some young guys out there that yep. are that are going to be anxious and all that. Both teams, everybody's got to deal with this. And that's that to me is what one of the things that makes college football so great. And yes. Jay, Jay Hill at Weber State says this all the time. He says you have to remember that that guy right there who was maybe a, a you know a third third year All American senior captain. Once upon a time, he played his first college game, too. And you never know who that guy is going to be. You never know who. I mean, there's going to be some guys that are playing in their first college game that might be the best player on the field straight up, right mm-hmm. out the gates. And then one, one of those guys might be on the Grizz. Who knows? And so, you know, is it a game that, that, that South Dakota could jump up and win? Sure, of course. You know, South Dakota is a good, reputable program who's got a, a, a history of, of, of success, you know, at times and so forth, and not obviously on the road, but especially in a first game where you haven't gotten, you know, your sea legs under you, so to speak. And, I mean, conversely, we saw Montana ride the momentum last year to a victory. Montana State played as bad a half of football in their first half against uh, a Western Illinois as – Certainly, they played all season long, and I've seen a team uh, offensively in a long time. Like it looked like, I mean, I, I, if that continues that way, I don't know how long Jeff Choke goes. I mean, it was it was as bad as you can. Oh, it's terrible. And what happened at halftime? They they stuck with it. They stuck with the program. They believed in it. Troy Anderson did what he does, and they got and they got a victory that they had to have uh, last year, and so. Uh, uh, it, but but my point is is that especially you know the first half of the game you just don't know how it's going to go and you don't know how it's going to impact you you know and and so this I I'm not going to sit here and go well you know okay if Montana doesn't beat South Dakota in the first week that's it and that's all far 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 from it but it is still it's ironic and a challenge that this game turns out to be the one that has so much importance like if you were opening up against Monmouth in Missoula and right. then going to South right. Dakota, it, it just would be such a potentially better situation. Now, granted, the, the shoes, are, you know, the knife cuts both ways, right? South Dakota's playing their first game of the year, too, so I get all that, but it's just tough when it's the one you got to get and it's the first one out of the gate. That said, win or lose, the UC Davis game is absolutely monumental as well for the course of the, the Montana season. The reason I think the South Dakota game is so important, though, is because UC Davis is going to be very hard to beat in UC Davis for anybody, period. In fact, anywhere at any time. Do you remember what happened with UC Davis in Missoula last year, boys and girls? Montana's up 21-3 to at halftime. They have 21-3 with two minutes to go in the third quarter. UC Davis scored. Are you ready for this? This is a fact. This is a fact. 43 points in 12 minutes and 9 seconds. Okay? 12 minutes, 9 seconds, 43 on the board. Now, clearly, you got to have some help to do that. That's not UC Davis out there. This is this was the third of three consecutive losses for Montana and a bad stretch where they, they are giving the ball back and all of that. So this is about Montana, too. But just don't kid yourselves. UC Davis is the real deal, and they are a powder keg offensively. Mm-hmm. And so 
all I'm saying is losing at South Dakota will put Montana way behind the eight ball and 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 what they need. If they beat South Dakota and they're three and one in the non-conference and they're going to UC Davis, you know, you can play with great confidence. It's still a huge game. Uh, and and what that would mean for Montana if they were four and one after five would be would be uh, just absolutely fantastic. And by the way, they certainly could be like this Montana team. They were last year. They, they were last year, but not against this not against this schedule, not against this schedule last year where right. they four and one. Right. If they go four and one against this schedule right here and one and zero oh, with against what I think is the best team in the Big Sky Conference in UC Davis. Thank you very much. Montana has everything going for them. Uh, the UC Davis game is huge, which also then makes the South Dakota game huge. I think that one of my favorite parts about FCS football is just the concept of momentum during a season because getting to eight and three, or getting to seven and four, or getting to nine and two, or whatever it might be, when your wins occur, also has a big influence on. The, the momentum of your of your entire program. In other words, we've talked about Montana State's schedule this year, and I think that Montana State faces a similar game in their Gold Rush home opener against Southeast Missouri mm. because they're they're likely going to get it taken to them in Lubbock, Texas, in the opener. Yep, and then they have a couple other non-conference against Norfolk State, um, and I can't remember who their other non-conference is against, but somebody that they're supposed to beat. And so then the game against SEMO is a gigantic game because it's going to be a top two top 20 teams going at it, Gold Rush in Bozeman, but being 3-1 and one against that schedule with a, then NAU coming to the conference opener is going to be so much bigger for Montana State than 2-2. Two and two. It will, but here's the thing. After Montana State... Oh, they're at, they're at Western Illinois. That's the other if, one. Even if they're 2-2? Two and two, Right. Their conference schedule, the, the conference right. schedule for the Cats sets up really well for Montana State. Totally, but being two, say they lose to NAU at home. Now you're two and three, and your back is against the wall. You do have six straight winnable games coming up, but then it makes it so that you have to win them. It puts more pressure on games that you're supposed to win. I don't think Montana State's losing to NAU at home. I mean, okay. I, just, I just don't. I just you just I, never know, though, man. You, I mean, of course, you never know. I, I mean, of course, you never know any. I mean, it's not as if they're playing Northern Colorado. That's Montana all I'll say. Could lose to Monmouth. They could, but I don't think Monmouth has a, a Pac-12 kid playing quarterback. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Case Cook is could be the best player in the league. His his upside is as the best player in the league. That is right. That is right. And, and he and he plays the most important position in the game. So regardless, I don't want to talk about Montana State. I want to talk about Montana right now, though. I do think though that that, that uh, three and one going into Davis gives you a lot more confidence going into that game. And so that, I think that's where the impact of the South Dakota thing comes as well. We've talked so much about the unbalanced schedule in the Big Sky. Everybody that covers the league, everybody that's involved in the league, everybody that works in the league, everybody that competes in the league, they all hate it. Everybody that's involved hates it. Yep. The one thing that I think that we haven't talked about enough with this Grizz team specifically and the man who's the head coach of this Grizz team is Bobby Houck has never been one to back down from a challenge, ever. Mm-hmm. If you told Coach Houck you get a chance to play Weber Eastern and Davis or Idaho State, Northern Colorado, and Southern Utah, I think he would choose the former. I really do. Both because of the regional rivalries and just because of the quality of the teams. But what I'm getting at here is that when you have the toughest schedule in the league, it does put you at a disadvantage compared to your opponents except for one reason. 
you can go beat everybody. Yeah. If you go beat everybody. I mean, say the Grizz went 7-1 and one in league with that schedule. They're top three in the country. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they, they might they might literally be in the mix with James Madison and NDSU for the number one seed, depending on how those two teams did. But I really think that uh, a ten and two Montana team with one of the losses being to Oregon, so you got ten and one against FCS competition, including playing four top twenty five Big Sky Conference teams. I think that team is a, is a top four seed unquestionably. So, and guess who's the only team in the league that has the opportunity to do that? Sac State. The Grizz. And Sac State. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought you were saying only other team. Right. No, Mon- you're right. Montana, because that's, that's the thing. Montana State, right, mm-hmm. could go undefeated in the Big Sky Conference, but if they were to lose two non-conference games, they probably wouldn't be a top five team in the country. Mm, disappen- two factors that would impact that. How is UC Davis doing when they go to Davis, the Saints last week of the season? Because they- if they were to knock off a top 10 Davis team, they're getting a seed, period. Oh, I- I think they'd get it. Look, if they're if they're undefeated in the Big Sky and thereby, of course, winning the Big Sky Conference, they're going to get a seed. I just don't know if they'd be a top five team in the nation, given their schedule. Where Montana, to your point, if they they could go seven and one in the Big Sky and still be yes. a top five team, totally. in the nation yes. because of the because of, of the respective schedules. Totally, there is no question. By the way. That Robert Lawrence Houck III will pick the hardest schedule that he can pick every single time if it was up to him. It's just the asymmetry that anybody else does not have the right. same challenge that they, that they have got. But he will also use that, will he not, for the psyche of his players to go, okay, everybody talks about how easy Montana has now. Everybody caters to Montana. Well, let me tell you what ain't happening this year. We got to go out and and then there's going to be some words you can't say, and then win. You know that's what that's what he's the 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 the, the direction that it seems to me that he's going to go on this. And the other thing that I would say is this: we can sit up here as members of the media, as guys who watch a bunch of college football in the Big Sky Conference that doesn't involve Montana or Montana State, watch teams play each other, interview. You know, Bobby Alex not interviewing other coaches, interviewing other players. You know, only the media members are. So we go around, we talk to everybody, we look at it. So we have what I would consider to be a a more broad sort of view on some of this stuff, okay? Bobby Houck thinks for sure that Montana is the best team in the Big Sky Conference. No questions asked, hands down. And it's not like posturing. That's real to him, okay? And so that's why he's the best person for this job. Yes, and so that is, and that's great. Like, if you're a Montana fan, that's what you want in your head coach. You don't want him out there going, well, you know, it's going to be a tough schedule. I don't know. He goes, you know, he will say, who's going to beat us? Nobody's going to beat us. That's the best part about this is the previous two, not to throw anybody out of the bus, but Montana hasn't had a coach since Bobby Houck left, like Bobby Houck. That is a fact. I mean, think about the guy who preceded Bobby Hawk and what he'd be saying about the you schedule. You say Bob Stitz. He would have been. He would have. He would have been hedging his bets in March. <laughs> and Bob, and Coach Hawk is not. Coach Hawk is like, let's no, go, bring no, it. No, and here's the thing. It does. There's another way to go. If you look at Dan Hawkins, mm-hmm. I don't care that we're long. I don't care about the clock right now. If you look at Dan Hawkins right now, okay, he's not going to go. He, the, the, he says exactly the opposite. He doesn't say we're going to go out there and beat anybody. He says, hey, man, I don't know if we're going to win as many games last year, this year as we did last year. I don't know how it's going to go. Nobody knows how it's going to go. What we play is for, what is it, personal excellence, something, whole, whole per, personal holistic excellence or something like this. Be 1% better 
than you were yesterday today. All it's that, it's the dim, Jim Sochar because Chris Peterson says that stuff all the time too, and they both played for him at great. UC Davis. But but my point is is that you don't just have to go. We're better than everybody else. Period. End of story. That's how we're going to win every game. You can do it in other oh, yeah. ways, right. with other philosophies, but. If you're Montana and you got to play the hardest schedule, you might as well think that you're, well, it's fine because there is no such thing as the hardest schedule because you're not playing yourself, right? That's the hardest schedule because you're the best. That's what they're, that is the perspective that they're going to have going into this season. And you know what? They could prove everybody wrong, which is not something that Montana has traditionally been able to do. They had to prove everybody right. I want to stay on this a little bit to talk about the big sky in the Missouri Valley. So let's take a break real quick. But before we do, Gus, be my Vanna White. You got the go you it. got the Alpine Touch on your side. But right now we got some Alpine Touch for you. It is the height of grilling season. If you're Gus, it's the height of grilling season. Three sixty five. All the time. But we know a little bit. You know, summertime's definitely the time when you're outside on the barbecue. And if you are, if you've been barbecuing, you want something to really make your barbecue a lot better. Go get this Grand Slam package from Alpine Touch. Four jars of big flavor. What do you got in there? I guess you, you got, got the all-purpose? Prairie, prairie Fire, all-purpose all always, which is, you know, the, the original Alpine Touch spice. Is the best. It's it's the single greatest spice that I am a, a familiar with. It's, that, that, it's that, great. That is not a lie. But then, but you know, variety is, if I can say it, the spice of life. You see hey. what I'm doing there? So Prairie Fire, if you like it a little hotter. Pepper, you know, you got to get salt and pepper. pepper blend. Okay. And then some hickory smoke. You know what I mean? Love it. Warm it up. Great Grand Slam package. Call right now. 329-1899. Get your Alpine Dutch Grand Slam package from us right here. We'll and if, and if you want to buy yourself one, if you don't get through, you want to buy yourself one, go to alpinetouch.com right now. It's $19.99. It's great stuff. They'll ship it right to your doorstep. Alpine Touch, Montana Special Spice. More on the Grizz next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Roots Fest this weekend, Coulter. Pumped up about Roots Fest in the city of Missoula? Yeah, buddy. Drop the knee. I don't want to get into this right now. We'll get into it later. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN on Twitter. If you're looking for us. Coulter, we were talking uh, pretty extensively about Montana and the way the schedule sets up and some of the minutia that's swirling around the Grizzly football team heading downhill now into uh, preparations for week one at South Dakota. 
you had some more thoughts, things, some things that you wanted to touch on that we still didn't get to. So go ahead. Well, the other reason that I think the Montana's opener against South Dakota is such a huge game is not only for the Grizz themselves, but it's also big for the league because there's more weight in this Missouri Valley Big Sky Conference challenge than I think people give, give the, yes. the challenge credit for because the FCS playoffs, 2014 bracket, it's seeded and a lot of times the first-round matchups are determined regionally. They don't necessarily want, the, the committee doesn't necessarily want a Patriot League team coming to, say, Montana State. The incarnate word last year came to Montana State for the playoffs, and that might seem like it's a really long ways away, and it is, but it's not nearly as far away as 75% of the FCS teams. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio, I mean, yeah, San Antonio, Texas, a lot closer than, like, New you know, Lynchburg, Virginia, you know. It's a, it's a long ways. And so a lot of the, uh, the seating and stuff, gets bracketed like that, and um, there's been so often where in the round of 16 and the round of 8, the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley have matchups against each other again, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but helping to fortify the league, helping the league champions then get the seeds that they deserve, so much of it comes down to this Missouri Valley Big Sky crossover. The Grizz have the first of the games uh, in the opening week, but then you look at the rest of these games. So Utah at Northern Iowa, it's likely a loss for the Big Sky. Montana State at Western Illinois. I mean, I know Macomb's a tough place to get to, but Western Illinois is going to be in a rebuild. They, you know, Sean McGuire is a fourth-year starter at quarterback. He's gone now. Uh, Steve McShane, who was a tremendous player last year, he's not there either. So, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of a coin flip game, but I, I, I do think the Cats will be slightly favored in that game. But then UC Davis at North Dakota State, I know Davis is great, but they're, I, they're just not going to go to Fargo and win, I don't think. I, mean, I don't think anybody is. And Northern Illinois, or excuse me, Northern Arizona against Illinois State, probably a coin flip game. I mean, for argument's sake, let's give NAU the win. But then Idaho State, Northern Iowa is a loss. Southern Utah, South Dakota State's a loss. South Dakota at North, Northern Colorado is a loss. So now you're talking about the big sky at best in that scenario has two wins Besides the Montana game. So three and five in the Missouri Valley is exactly what the Big Sky went last year, and they got three seeds because of it. I think that you have to get to at least three, but maybe four wins. And I think that given what's on this schedule, there's only a few of these games that are winnable games, and Montana has one of them. So I think it is essential for the league for the Grizz to win that game as well. Is, is Eastern Washington playing? They're playing Jacksonville State. Okay. Okay. So that'd be that's a top it's ten not, matchup. Not part of the challenge, but no, because Jacksonville okay. State's the Ohio Valley, right? But uh, but Jacksonville State's great. I mean, they sure. they're preseason oh, yeah. number six, but they've been they've been really really good the last five years. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was in this challenge game that Eastern Washington went into Fargo and lost in overtime, if you remember, uh, in a great great game uh, a couple of years ago, and UC Davis. Well, look, anybody going to far Usually Davis probably has as good a look as anybody, uh, but I don't think they have a great look in Fargo. Mike Nugent and I talked about that on the show on Friday. There has been a certain element of luck to North Dakota State's run. They've had a couple games that they escaped with. So, yes. uh, so that game that you're talking about, the overtime North yep. Dakota State over Eastern Washington, yep. the dream matchup that everybody in the media and everybody in the country wanted to see was Cooper Cup and the Eastern Washington Eagles get another shot at that NDSU team because they were the only team during this whole epic eight-year run that has lured North Dakota State into playing their style rather than playing North Dakota State style. 
When is I mean that's the only time North Dakota State's given up more than thirty five points, let alone fifty. I mean it was a it was both teams were I think actually Eastern might have been in the high fours. I can't remember the final score, but it took NDSU scoring fifty to win that game, and that is a one of a kind occurrence during this run. Yeah, but of course Eastern Washington fell short, and they lost to Youngstown State in the semifinals that year, and the matchup with NDSU didn't happen. But I I do think that. Like you're saying, I think there's an element of contrasting styles. I think the fact that if you try to beat North Dakota State at its own game, I mean, this is why the Cats just got ground into dust last year. Because if you go into North Dakota State and like, okay, well, we run the ball and play defense, they're like, well, congratulations. We do that so much better than you could even imagine doing it. Come to Papa. You know, we'll, we'll do this thing. I mean, Eastern Washington last year actually hung with North Dakota State better than almost anybody on their schedule yeah. because they could play a little bit different of a style. So I actually agree with you. You know, if, if UC Davis had Keelan Doss still, I think they'd have an okay chance in Fargo. But I, I just think that it's going to be a long day for the, uh, the UC Davis defense against that North Dakota State offensive line. I would think so. I don't know why you even throw a line out there. Just... Seven linebackers is just start running the weave pre-snap and then just try and find a hole. It, it's it's like or dive over the top. I don't know. N- never has somebody made us eat our cumulative words more than North Dakota State last year when they're playing Cal Poly with Joe Prothro and the line was forty-two and we were like, man, I just don't know. Like you have to beat Cal Poly forty-two nothing to cover that spread. Eh, they just went out and beat them fifty-five to three instead. Well, we were both sitting here analyzing it like, well, you know, Cal Poly runs a triple option. Like, I could totally see North Coast State winning that game 35 nothing or 38-3. to Can they get to 42? I don't know. And yeah, no, they did. They're going to cover the spread. Barely. They're going to cover the spread always. Uh, okay, very good. Two-tail in the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Good stuff. I, what I love is the fact that we're talking about this with it in sight, and it's just going to get closer and closer mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we go. Very, very good. Uh, it is Two-tail in the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. We'll come back. Get into some high school stuff. The high school football season is upon us as well. We'll touch on that as well as a variety of sort of in-between school year topics coming up right after this. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. August 30th, 
30th, Friday Night Lights across the state. You know what's fun to do, man, is drive. Drive I-90. Really pretty much anywhere, but in in rural states particularly, on a Friday evening. Mm -hmm. And you go through Drummond. Maybe you jump over, you go through Mullen, Idaho. Mm -hmm. Superior. And you just see the light, the games are on, you know? It's just going. It's cool. And uh, it's coming. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting live from the Chris Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Celia and online at KurtzPolaris.com. It is time now for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. 24-hour ATM machines. Everywhere you go, including Kalispell and Helena. Perfect for your summer tra- summer travels at the Farmers State Bank. Uh, Coulter, we'll talk about... Well, I'm going to do a little bit of football stuff here just quickly. But August 30th is the opening night of high school football, double-A level across the state. Billings West uh, is the defending state champions. Congratulations to our friends over there in... Now, we all say Eastern Montana, but let's be honest, it's dead central Montana. Right. I mean, it's right in the middle. But Billings West, uh, a fantastic year last year, beating Flathead. Flathead, an unbelievable season and a huge upset over Bozeman, who was, you know, kind of the, the number one team. In the state. Interesting in basketball, Bozeman was the team to upset, you know, have the upset to win the state championship. Right. And then uh, over Hellgate, and then in football, they're the team that was upset uh, by Flathead, and then Billings West getting the state championship at the AA level. They'll open against Big Sky, Missoula Big Sky, uh, going to Billings West uh, on uh, on that Friday night to open things up. So the defending state champions uh, getting ready to go against the Eagles of Big Sky. Think about all the quarterbacks that have played for the Miami Dolphins since Dan Marino retired. Okay. So many, so so many of them, right? Yeah. And none of them that are very memorable. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers have a completely the Green Bay Packers have a completely different situation in the fact that they had one of the greatest players to ever play the position, sitting behind one of the greatest players to ever play the position with Brett Favre. A unique deal. But most of the time, when you have an institution like the Dolphins, have not been able to figure out a coach on par with Don Shula. No. They haven't been able to figure out a quarterback on par with Dan Marino. What I'm getting at is there were some guys who were the dons of high school football in Montana. Mm. Guys that that absolutely dominated, that were that were so good for so long, and you knew that their teams were always going to be competitive. And a lot of those guys rose to promise at similar times and had similarly long careers. Guys like Paul Claybo at Billings West, um, Ron Lebsock at Billings Skyview, Jack Johnson at Great Falls CMR. You know, then you look talk about the the small school guys like Tim Roscoe at Frenchtown and you know, Scott King at Malta and Terry Thomas at Dillon. You know, guys that were just step, multiple multiple state championships, and you knew you know, Dillon was going to be competitive every year with Terry Thomas. You know, you just knew that Billings West was almost always going to be competitive with Paul Claybo. Well, then when Coach Claybo retired, Billings West went from. Uh, almost surefire Final Four team every year to terrible. They were awful. They 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 went defeated one year, mm. and I think that there was such a, a hangover from having a legend coaching you. That it's just so hard to replace them. And I think last year it was it was a really impressive breakthrough because like Great Falls CMR has not been the the nearly the program it was during the almost forty years under Jack Johnson since Coach Johnson retired. Yeah, you know. 
It was a little big sky. It's had a couple flashes since Gary Eckergan retired, but it, it hasn't been quite the same without Eck either. And it, it's it's across the board. That, you know, when you have a legendary coach, it's really hard to replace that guy. And I think last year it was a, it was a very intriguing breakthrough for West because it was the first of those double-A coaches who had retired and then the new coach, this in this case, Coach Stanton, leading them to a state championship. It's, it, it was a, a, a cool breakthrough for Williams West. And it'll be interesting to see how they reload because Trevor Gradney, Jesse Owens are both here playing for the Grizzlies now, but they do have Josh Urbacher, who is a really talented kid, and then Connor Ryan, who just committed to the Cats. Those two guys will it's good pieces to start with and build around the double A level. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll talk more too about the other levels as well. Class A was incredibly competitive at the top of it last year. Uh, be the same, and so uh, we'll get into some of that. And our buddy Anthony Knockrider up there, uh, uh, the Knock On Sports in Kalispell, uh, is putting together an all class poll, uh, which you are going to participate in. Should be a fun time. Yeah, it should be fun. It'll be just a good good entry point for just to kind of give us some results around the state for everybody that's involved in the media. And we can just kind of just go through the polls and how we voted and uh, give some results from how it all went down. But um, it's going to be an interesting year around Western Montana, too, because I think that Frenchtown has a chance to be really good. Jace Kluswich is a, is the real deal. I mean, he is, he is one of the top prospects in the state of Montana. He's a sweet player mm-hmm. out of Frenchtown. And I think that Hamilton uh, is going to be – a juggernaut again. I mean, Carson Rostat coming back for his senior year. Yep. I mean, that's that's a huge deal. But then at the double-A level, it'll be interesting to see because Sentinel loses a lot, including Elias DeWaters, who's now playing for the Grizzlies, Rylan Ort, who's now playing for the Bobcats. But they add Jackson Lee, who a lot of people think is the most explosive player in the state of Montana. Raleigh Wooster playing quarterback in Missoula Hellgate. That makes them really intriguing because mm-hmm. when they finally figured it out and broke through, then all of a sudden they were pretty good down the stretch. I mean, they went 2-2 two and two down the stretch, and they were competitive the whole last month of the year. So Raleigh Wooster, we know, was uh, recruited by the University of Montana to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Committed to the oh, Verbally committed to Montana to play basketball. Never signed a letter of intent. Uh, he has since recanted his commitment to uh, play basketball for the University of Montana. And I think a lot of people just go, well, he... You know, he probably got a better offer or, you know, a, a bigger offer play, someplace to go play basketball, too. He might also be having th- second thoughts about which sport it is that he wants to totally. play. Because he is a great football player. Yeah. And uh, I know he went to camps at both Montana and Montana State, and he's getting recruited by both those schools. I can't say he has a solid offer. Yeah. But I know he's getting recruited by both sure. Coach Alk yeah. and Coach Cho. He was at the uh, the Marty Morningwig, you know, QB school, which is invite only as well. And so he, you know, he's just a very talented kid. I, I would love to see him play basketball, and I rarely say that because I think the ceiling is so much lower in basketball than it is in football in terms of, right. you know, m- moving on and being successful at subsequent levels of the sport. Uh, but... He's an unbelievably talented. I mean, his IQ for basketball is just out off the charts. But uh, you know, who can begrudge a guy? You know, if you you know he decided this is something that you really like. Now, and I have no idea, by the way. This I'm I'm I have no insight on this whatsoever. People think that I know something. I do not know. I'm just saying I know that he's a good football player too, and that there's plenty of schools out there that would love him to play that for them as well. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how how, how that all uh, how that all pans out. Very good, Coulter. Thank you very much. That is our prep extra segment. It's brought to us again by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, 24-hour ATM machines all over the state, including Kalispell and Helena. It's perfect for your summer travels. You're traveling around. You go to a Farmer State Bank ATM. You get the cash you need whenever you need it. You're going to be fine. I know that I need a little something on hand driving around all the time, so helping us out with that. 
speaking of cash, yeah, I, I got to I got to give a plug out there because I saw a couple young men with Hellgate shirts on downtown earlier today, and I saw a couple young men with Sentinel shirts mm. uh, over by um, Playfair Park selling the gold cards. You know, or the you know, yeah. And I mean, and I guess my plug for these guys is I remember doing that when I was a high school kid, oh, yeah. and it sucks walking up to adults and doing it. But now, walk up to me because I'll buy one. I guarantee it. Even if I already got one, I'll probably buy another one from you if you just walk up to me and ask me. And if you're out there, it's ten bucks. Give the kids ten bucks. It's good for it's good for everybody in the community to have kids involved in sports. And if these kids come by and ask you to buy a gold card, do it. It's it, even if you don't even use the thing, it's great for the community. So That's just right. just do it. It's ten bucks. Also, uh, if I come by to you and ask you to buy something from me, then just do that too. Uh, notably, I'll be selling a camper here soon. Uh, check, look for it on Craigslist. Okay. Sutel Nuwanis. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Coulter wants to talk movies. I want to talk something else. We'll get to it now. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 